When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Tane. And I'm Aid, and this is Alter Call, a Married at First Sight podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Nashville Season Part 1 Reunion episode. And my special guest today is Ellie. Hi, I'm back for more awesomeness. Just for you guys, this is awareness. We did a bonus episode on the Queer Ultimatum that's on Netflix, so you can check that out on our Patreon. And also, just a reminder that we do have ad-free episodes available on Patreon at the $3 level. So if you would like to listen to the episode without ads, that's how you do it. Uh, No Tane this week. Um, She'll be back next week, so we don't have updates about what people are doing on social media, but I'm sure she'll have us covered when she's back. So with that over, let's just dive into the episode here with Allie. Let's do it. So, yeah. So Kevin is back. We're excited. We love Kevin. Allie, how do you feel about Kevin? I will say that I really enjoyed that he asked the questions. I mean, we'll get into it more, but Kevin was like, no, but that doesn't make sense in a way that I was like, thank you, Kevin. I appreciate you. I'm a big fan of Kevin. It's not hard. Yes, it's not hard to be a fan of Kevin. We think he's great. Sometimes his performance can be uneven, but I will say this this is a better one. I also feel like Kevin really doesn't have much to work with this season, Mm -hmm. and he's just drawing out whatever he can. He, yes, facts. But he was, at least he didn't accept some of the BS. He pushed on it. Some of it we didn't get more, but Kevin came to do work and to ask these people meaningful questions. He has, he has seen Andy Cohen in action. (laughs) Um, he starts by saying it was a wild ride. And I was like, Kevin, come on. It was not a wild ride. Apparently he hasn't seen enough of Andy Cohen in action because like we have housewives where we're not sitting, we're not filming. We have Vanderpump where one's in the trailer once. And this one is no one got married. So he still, but he worked with what he had. <laughs> um, so everybody comes out, they sit down on their couches with their spouse or their ex-spouse in most cases. Um, I enjoyed the fashions from the men. I thought that the cut of Chris's pants was a bit short um, and I did not care for Dom's dress. Something was off on it, but everybody else looked great. What did you think? I agree. Um, I actually, um, (laughs) I really clocked Chris lack of socks more than anything. Like I did a double take, but I was like, all right, Chris, I see y'all here. Um, My husband would appreciate Chris's outfit. Uh, Dresses. Mostly I liked apparently um, a thigh split split. What is it called? a slit. Uh, there a we go. Sl- a slit is, is very in and very, uh, very much on point. So um, appreciated that. And yeah, I don't know what it was about Dom's dress. Like it should have worked, but it just didn't. I just feel like, and I'm a girl with, you know, some boobs. Mm-hmm. If you're going to wear strapless, you need to make sure that your bra situation comes correct. And I think that Dom's is just like, it wasn't. Um, that maybe is it. Like it was a lot of, yeah. Anyway. So Kevin's first question is he asks everybody what it's like to be famous. And uh, Nicole says it's weird to have everybody commenting on your relationship. 
Gina is shocked that it happens outside of Nashville. I'm like, Gina, this is a nationwide TV show. What do you mean? Um, Kirsten says as she's a realtor and she's doing open houses, people come in and they want to talk about the show. And she's like, but will you buy this house? Because I need money. And I wonder if they came for the show or for the house. I wonder if they're like, ooh, is that so-and-so? Let me go check out this house. Like, Kirsten, I think they may just be coming to look at you and to discuss it with you. And if you are posting open houses on your social media that people are following you now because of the show, then that actually tracks. But it may also help you sell some houses. I hope it does. I hope it does. I don't know. Like, Kirsten, I've done, like, a almost a complete reversal on her. I was very hard on her in the mm-hmm. beginning. And now I see her as a very sympathetic character. Yeah. <laughs> Getting divorced. Yeah. Get, being the only person to get a no when you said yes. It really does do a lot for character rehabilitation. <laughs> Um, they talk about, um, oh, Kevin asks about what's going on in people's DMs. Dom is very honest that she's getting a lot of unhappy people and that she's gotten some crazy offers and people wanting cleavage pics and offering to send money. I wonder why they don't just take screenshots of their television (laughs) because based on my only Dom sighting, cleavage pics are not hard to get. Uh, um, good point, Allie. Good point. Um, Jasmine says that people want her to date Gil. Did you ever get around to watching uh, the Houston season to see Gil? I watched one with you. Didn't that, I? You watched oh, Michaela, yeah. No, it was. You know what it was? I didn't watch any, but that's the watch party that we went to. Yes. So I watched the one at the watch party. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, Gil for Jasmine? Yes. Gil, no, Jasmine, you don't want that mess. <laughs> Gil, too. I mean. No, you don't want that. McGill was the one who made homegirl feel bad about getting a job and paying for her own stuff, right? Correct. Yeah, no, Jasmine, you stay away from that. Um, she, she's going to stay away from it. She's good. Um, Dom says that she and Gil are good friends. I was like, are you really Are you really good friends? Or is Gil trying to turn this into a career and anybody who may possibly help with that a friend? See, you're more cynical than I even. <laughs> um... Clint lives in the same building as Nicole and Chris. So he went from living in the same building as Gina to the same building as Nicole and Chris. I will admit that that's actually the type of tidbits I'm like, oh, maybe the show is not a complete waste of my time. Um, Really? What else do we have? I'm like, new information. Oh, I see. Not the whole 20 years of your life that you already gave it, but this particular episode. (laughs) episode. Okay, yes, yes, yes. yes. I see. Actually, new information, yes. Um, He says that he's a second husband and they hang out at the dog park or whatever. Um, Kevin makes a thing about what doesn't Clint do because uh, Chris talked about him cooking and whatnot. And Clint says if he finds something that he does not do, then he wants to do it. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) Mac moved to Chicago. He has a house. I was listening very closely because it sounds like he bought a house. I thought he said Michigan. Thank you. All right. It was Michigan. Yeah. And he said he has a basement. I don't know whether it's a purchase or a rental. Being a house person, though, and not a homosexual anymore is a good thing. Um, they have a whole discussion about how Kevin said the whole thing about you and Dom is that one of the things was that she thought that you might move. And lo and behold, you've gone and moved. But he's like, well, we didn't work out. So why? Like, it didn't seem to matter. Chicken, very egg, much. who knows? Maybe he would have stayed if she was into him. We'll never know. And that is OK. Let us move on. Max's whole thing about Dom and the dog we they already showed they showed it to us again and dom had the opportunity to react to it in real time i i just i don't care for mac and he tried to apologize here but i just never could figure out why he would care so much about why his wife of one week got a dog enough to go on and on about it 
in an interview. Mm. I I mean, maybe he was produced into caring that much. Maybe he was encouraged into caring that much. It also seemed interesting because he definitely came like ready to deflate her anger with his apology ready. Like I shouldn't have said that I should have. Yeah. Like he was just like, okay, let's get this over with. But again, this conversation about it is more interesting than even watching it as in most of this television show carry on. (laughs) Um, Then we switch to one of the most talked about moments of the season. I have to tell you guys that it's like a joy to rewatch things with Allie because she hasn't seen them before. So your reactions to Slendergate was was quite something. I mean, because even though it was all we talked about on the podcast for like, what, three weeks straight, it was actually worse to watch it because like when you see someone and there are so many points to abort, there's so much like unnecessary explanation. I think Jasmine in talking about Ares, she's like, whenever... Every time he could have stopped at two sentences, he always goes the extra third. That is what the whole Slendergate thing. Like there were there were moments where her face was telling him to shut up, but he didn't. And he just kept going and like, oh, it was bad. It was bad. It was worse than I actually imagined it to be. And then Nicole and Gina basically rehashed the same things that they said earlier in the seasons about season about Slendergate, and it was fine. Chris also, like, I think he tries to help Clint out by being like, I said something too. And he's like, well, you just get very overly honest in the mm-hmm. process. And I was like, yeah, Chris, you shouldn't have said your thing either. You yeah, really shouldn't have. You shouldn't have. You're just lucky that Nicole, you know, likes you and wanted you enough to move past it. Um, next up was Jasmine and Kevin and Eris and everybody else talking about Cousin Felina. Mm. Um, so the show has never before seen footage. I believe that Tane and I talked about how much never before seen footage we would see. And I said that they would show us a clip for each couple that would prove to us why it was originally cut in the first place. <laughs> so we get a short little something of Eris saying, oh, well, when you came back, you looked like you'd worked a 16 hour day. And basically implying that Jasmine is weak because she couldn't stand up to mm. Felina's rudeness. Oof, oof, oof. It did not look good. Um, and not even like, you know, what, if he had straight up been like, oh, my cousin's kind of tough. I expected you to give as good as you get. Like there are ways that you could have said that, that didn't sound so belittling, belittling, like, well, I just, you know, expect someone who like can step, like it was, it was quite disgusting. His response, it was just unnecessarily rude. And, um, I think my thought at the moment when I watched it was like, of course you did work out because if this is day two, how you're talking about me, like you, that's disrespectful on many levels. And like you said, you they did not have to say that. Like almost saying nothing would have been better than what mm-hmm. he said. Anyways, so they have a whole discussion. Nicole is mad. Dom is mad. Everybody's mad at Eris for his reaction to this. Um, and he, <laughs> his um I mean, Eris apologizes, kind of. Um, I liked it when Eris was like, he said that she looked like she worked a 16-hour shift. And he tries to say, but I'd only known her for a day. And Kevin said, well, but you knew her well enough to Mm -hmm. say that she looked like she worked a 16-hour shift. Kevin earned his host money moments like that. Kevin said, no, 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 that doesn't add up, sir. And Jasmine says... Um, but you also said that I'm. You knew me well enough to say that I'm not strong because I didn't argue correctly with your cousin. So, oh, that was a good. That was that a was good, good moment, moment for Jasmine. I feel like I'm always looking kind of for Jasmine to like. I don't want to say do something to Eris, but put him in his place a little. I don't know. 
yeah, Jasmine's fine. And yeah, I mean, it was easy to apologize now. And as we continue, like he apologizes, but then he even backtracks on his apology a little bit later. And I was like, sir, <laughs> sir, you just said you're sorry. <laughs> I just think people, they go on after party and they have to say they're sorry. They do the interviews while they're in the show. It, if you, it's like, it's almost like interview time and talking time and answering question time is like rope to yeah. like just hang yourself. <laughs> and then you come to, um, then you come back to like moments like this and you're like, Oh, I apologize. Of course I did. Yeah. Oh, it was bad. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. Life doesn't happen bi-weekly. So why should payday? The money you make can be in your hands today with earn in. Earn in is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to a hundred dollars per day or up to $750 per pay period. Just download the EarnIn app and verify your paycheck. Then access up to $100 a day as you work and leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. Summer is coming and it is time for all of us to go on vacation. You can use the money you earn from EarnIn to buy a new bathing suit or some new clothes for your fun summer vacation. Download EarnIn today, spelled E A R. N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the EarnIn app, type in AutoCall on the podcast. When you sign up, it'll really help the show. That's AutoCall on the podcast. Subject to your available earnings, location, daily max, and pay period max. See EarnIn.com slash TOS for details. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. If you're like me and looking to cut back on alcohol this year, Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. They've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like their Ginger Lime Mule and Grapefruit Paloma, which happen to be my favorites. You can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. Zero Proof, Zero Compromise. Listeners can get 15% of the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash autocallmafs. You guys know I don't drink very much. So Recess is a great substitute while everybody else imbibes. It's a lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like uplifting guayusa and stress-balancing adaptogens. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make Recess Mocktails your drink between drinks or your forever mocktail. Get 15% off Recess Mocktails now at takearecess.com slash altercallmafs so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Ladies, You know that vicious week before your period where you feel like you want to crawl out of your skin, you feel a little bit down or off, and those cravings when you feel like you could eat anything in sight? Well, there's a solution for that. Now it's easier to manage your PMS with estrogen control. You have to try Hormone Harmony. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality. And it shows. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ALTERCALLMAFS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S for 15% off today. And we come back to Kevin sitting down and doing one-on-ones with each of the couples, which took a good long time. Okay, so we start with Jasmine and Eris. 
I need to see if this order replicates the decision day order. Um, so we start with Jasmine and Eris. Kevin is like, I'm confused. Felt like you hit the jackpot. You clapped when she came down the aisle. What was the problem? And Eris repeats something that he said on After Party. I feel like he told Jasmine exactly which body parts were not doing it for him or which facial features. And he is not going to come on TV and say it again because he has learned some lessons. And he's like, I will be crucified if I say what I actually think. But I guess, why say that? But I also think it's odd because if he clapped, he liked the features then. Like, what did he see later that made him backtrack? His excuse was, or his reason was that like he wanted her to feel good, and so oh, he, so it was fake initially. I guess. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> You're like that's not good. <laughs> I mean, it it is what it is. Um, and Jasmine talks about how her worst fear was that he wouldn't be attracted to her, and lo and behold, he wasn't attracted to her. And I don't really understand this game of gotcha that they try to play, where like, oh, he said he liked Serena Williams, but he doesn't like Zendaya, and she's somewhere in the middle. I, I guess this doesn't mean anything to me. Like, you can describe a type, then you're presented with a type, and it's just not what you're attracted yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I also think it's, I thought, what, well, yeah, it was kind of whatever. It was a gotcha, but I think maybe it's also a little bit for you and the haters who say that they do matches for television to say, <laughs> no, 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 no. We were actually matching them with what they asked for. See, we gave him exactly what he wanted. So maybe it's also a little mass rehabilitation to just be like, we, this is not us. This is them. <laughs> We've done all we can. We have done what we can. Jasmine talked about how they friend zoned during the honeymoon, which I don't know. The more we talk to Jasmine and Eris, the more I'm like, there was never any hope for them at any mm-hmm. point during this process. Facts. And, and yeah, they just sort of committed themselves to filming this misery. I also feel like there was a lot of reaction shots shot. And sometimes the whole scene that we were looking at was both of them just making faces, which should have told us that there was no conversation and there was no relationship (laughs) here. And whatever they said was not going to build the narrative that they were trying to get us. So let's just have them look at each other in silence. Um, Yeah, because it was like there was no there there. A a cut scene that was supposed to like scandalize us was Eris talking about at one point he said that he wanted an open marriage and Jasmine was like, no. And then he admits that sometimes he got tired of filming and he would just say ridiculous things. So then I was like, so you said a lot of crazy stuff, Eris. Was some of that just for shock value? Apparently. Because he's like, no, I don't want an open marriage in 20 years. <laughs> Sorry. One thing I want to go back to, because I'm like, maybe this is also um, part of their problem. And maybe this is part of what he's not saying. It's really interesting to me that her biggest fear, like her named biggest fear is that her husband would not find her attractive when she's a very attractive person. Like her biggest fear is not that we're not going to be compatible or that he's going to make no, like, I think that is very telling about her own level of self-esteem, which, you know, side note, I'm reading this book called the confidence code about confidence, but confidence and self-esteem is attractive. And so perhaps what is also missing is like Jasmine's own belief in her own attractiveness. Anyways, I thought that was really interesting that her biggest fear going into a shit show of a television show of marrying someone that you've never even had a conversation with and the list of fears that are potential is him not thinking she was attractive. I, I would only say that if you've watched the show, if you've studied it like a connoisseur, like I have, 
it is my strong belief that people can overcome a lot of things, but they never seem to be able to overcome mm. a lack of attraction. Okay. So it's like, if you can't get the attraction, you can't get anything okay. else. Right. And, and so I think it's legitimate and has, I don't, I actually think Jasmine carried herself as a very confident person okay. until Eris took it away from her, mm-hmm. to be honest. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going to say I disagree with you on okay, that one. Okay, that's fair. You you are the connoisseur of the show. <laughs> Carry on. Um, so then we bring out Adrian. If Adrian appeared on the show, maybe she was at the wedding. I don't really re- remember her. I liked her well enough. She basically came out to say, Eris is trash. I don't like what he did to my friend. But after talking and sitting down with him, of course, I think this always happens with Eris. <laughs> you sit down, you talk to him, you like him again. <laughs> He's a very reasonable person. All right. So yeah, she... I mean, she still has a little bit of um, fight in her, but mostly she is um, over it and over him. But uh, you know who I do think she'd fight? Felina. Felina. How, <laughs> if she felt her in the alley, she'd take her out because <laughs> she's just rude. And I really liked her point. I don't remember if it was really her or Kevin or a combination of both of them. No, she said it, which was just like, when you, someone in your life is going through this, regardless of what you think or what you feel, your role is to be supportive because there's already enough uncertainty in this. And I was like, this girl, this friend, friend right here. Like, yeah, she's a, a real one because that's facts. And that's what's wrong with Eris's cousin is like, have you never heard if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. I think she needs to look deeper than herself to understand why she acted so hateful to somebody who literally had never done anything to her. Um, the second part of Adrian was her talking about Eris and his proclivity for like being very sexual, talking very openly about sexual things. And Adrian's theory was that if he had ever actually gotten to sleep with Jasmine, she would have been a Megan Thee Stallion. Mm-hmm. I was like, I hope Megan Thee Stallion is not in any way offended by this. Um, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I feel wait, like. Wait, does she have that song on the radio right now about girls like pussy too? Or is that another one? It's. I'm pretty sure it's. I. If she doesn't, she's recording it at this very moment to release it. So I don't think Megan's offended. Don't worry about Meg. Megan's fine. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Adrian said that she came out wanting to be mad, but she's good now with Eris, and they hug it out. Um. No one else got a friend. Now that I think about it. Well. Yeah, you're right. So, Kevin asks, "What's next for you?" And Eris says that something that Jasmine influenced him to do is to find things that he's passionate about and incorporate them into his life. So he started volunteering feeding the homeless. Mm. You know what? So what it basically is like nothing. There's nothing happening in my life. That's what that answer is. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, and we, or at least I, was very happy to hear that Jasmine is still with her friend mm-hmm. boy. Go Jasmine. Her man's. Jasmine got a man's. Which is probably also why Adria was less willing to fight because she's like, you know what? My girl doesn't even need this mess. I think Jasmine generally came across, like, when she talked about, um, I think this was slightly before, when she talked about her friend that she found out that he had slept with, and she was like, oh, once I knew that, I understood. Like, I am, like, that person is so different from me. Like, I feel like Jasmine... Jasmine has a peace and a joy and a like, this was an experience, but I'm good. Thank you. Next. Um, that is really fun to watch. And it's probably part of why Adrienne is chill again, because her friend is just fine. Coming through the experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I guess if you could see what someone looks like on the other side and they seem okay, mm-hmm. you're like, well, why do I need to stay mad? Yeah. Um, Kevin did call out something that everybody was curious about. Like, why did your 
friend boy not want to be on TV? Mm-hmm. Who what basically who who is he hiding from? Um and she said she didn't want him on TV, which I will actually believe that. I I I feel like Adrian had to come on because I think at this point your friends and family are like, I just don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Like I've been on TV enough. I don't want to do this anymore. Um of course Eris did not go on a second date with Kendra. I think Tane called it real quick. Um, and that he's taking more time to focus on himself. And volunteer. <laughs> uh, so next up is Nicole and Chris. Kevin calls them the it couple and Nicole loves it when he mm. says that. Um, we have another discussion um, about Chris speaking up and Nicole cleared up that he's never had trouble speaking up. It's just that she went into marriage basically, I think, being told that she needed to like make sure of this. From his friends, from his family, from him. And so that's why she focused on it. Um, Kevin talks about how they couldn't have been sweeter. And we get to see them mess around with lightsabers, which was kind of cute. I can't even complain about it because that's the kind of stuff that we say we want more of. So I can't complain about it, even though it it was a scene that was cut for a reason. We wanted more of it like a month ago. Today, we just wanted to wrap this up so we could continue. And where are we now? So fine. It was great. Yay, lightsabers. I found their discussion about children very interesting because I think children are a deal breaker for Chris. I think Chris actually said that children are a deal breaker on their honeymoon. But Nicole is saying things like we're still deciding if we want kids. And Chris is saying, no, we want kids. We just want them in a year. And I'm like, I don't think you two are on the same page. They'll get there. They'll find it. (laughs) I feel like, unfortunately, though, that equation. Well, we'll see how it ends up, because I think that equation usually ends with the person who doesn't want kids having kids and loving their kids. Um, I did read a horrible Reddit story about they gave the child up for adoption after it was born because she couldn't bond with it because he convinced her. But anyways, um, yeah, they'll they'll get there. Love will make them figure it out. Oh, um, we talk about Nicole's dad because he was a big character. And then we FaceTime Nicole's dad so that he can meet Kevin. Also, because we have a two-hour limit that we're trying to get this episode to be, so we have to FaceTime people just to <laughs> fill up time. Mark says lots of nice things, but I've heard Mark say all these nice things All before. of them on television, <laughs> not via FaceTime. <laughs> what kind of te- television production are we running when we are reliant on FaceTime material carry-on? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was just, yes. Mark talks about how they're all friends now, and that's great. And he's like, it's Mary at first sight friends. And I'm like, but it really isn't, though. It's not friends at first sight, I mean, Mark. for everybody else, it is friends at first sight. Um, we talked to Nicole about her personal growth and overcoming her confidence issues. And Kevin says something super interesting. He said, like, I see you on TV. When there's a crisis, you jump in, you solve it. And then we see you, like, wondering if Chris is going to be there the next day. Like, and the difference between that, like, that perception of how you act and how it always ends up, like... She says she's good now, and now she doesn't question it at all, and she learned a lot watching herself. I think that's really good. It is. They end with Nicole calling them a beautiful love story. I do not disagree. Facts. So we do a little intermission to have an all-girls segment. Um, They talk about how much they love each other. And then Kevin asks who they go for for counseling. Of course, Dom says Nicole, and Nicole loves, she relishes in her mm-hmm. role as the mother hen. Do you think, I wondered, like, 
it's interesting that she's the only one that worked out and it's also the motherhood. And would she be in that role if her marriage also hadn't worked out? Or is she one of those? Well, I have a man. So here is how it works. <laughs> I do think when you're not the ones in the successful marriage, you might be more willing to defer to the one mm-hmm. who seems to be in the successful marriage. But I, I don't think maps you can attribute it though to your own relationship. Like, I think Nicole and Chris are successful because they put in the work, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's because the other couples didn't try hard enough. I just think some of them were incompatible. And Slendergate, things like Slendergate, I think you don't come back from. Which is so interesting because Chris and Nicole had their own Slendergate That's and they true. did come back from it. That's a good point. So then Kevin kind of like, well, Jasmine, now that Eris is not here, do you want to talk some shit about Eris? And they just kind of reiterate that he made her feel like shit. <laughs> and it's hard to be pushed away. And this didn't go the way she wanted to. And it was very hurtful to her. Um, Nicole said she always wanted to slap him. And Kirsten said that she was sorry. Then she uses the classic phrase, which I do actually believe is, it makes itself true, whether it's true or not. What's for you is for you. <laughs> I actually believe it too. I do. I agree with that statement. I think yeah your path is your path um and yeah what's for you is for you and that was not for them for some reason they decide to show a clip of the guys talking about having sex after they were done with decision day um gina's initial reaction to that is why you can see why i wouldn't want to jump um into bed with clint or something to that effect thoughts well it was weird It was very weird. I think the weirdest part of that clip was not Clint and his detached pelvis, but Mac, is that what that one's name? Yeah. Me too. I had to say, (laughs) nobody nobody asked you. No one asked you. They don't care that you were barely here. I mean, hopefully when you went home 20 minutes into when this thing started, you found someone to have sex with you. Yeah. No, Clint was, it was just weird, but you know, television production where you discuss these things is kind of odd, right? Very odd. I mean, for me, it was the rocket launcher thing. Yes. <laughs> yes. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah. So they go around and they talk about what kind of man everybody needs. Um, uh, apparently, Dom needs a lumberjack. Uh, Nicole just thinks that Kirsten should have Shaq or someone like Shaq. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, the thing about Nicole is I'm like, if it was me. I would be annoyed. But the people on the show do not seem to be annoyed and they don't seem to hold these things against her. So I'm like, so why am I? I leave If they want to be together, they'll be together. Leave them alone, Nicole. Yeah. I did not appreciate that. I think that like, it was really interesting because like, I really believed the good friend energy. Oh yeah. When they show that clip of Jasmine, I don't know if you noticed, but as they come back, like Gina was like comforting her. It's like she said something really sweet to her as they come back. So I'm like, oh, this is a genuine friend group. Like, oh, there's real love. And then this one comes back with, oh, I want you to be with the person who dumped you at the altar for no, like, come on now. Like you're a better friend than that statement. I hope that you be, go back to being a better friend. That's that same. Then I was like, is there some way, I guess the other thing that she gets, if that works out though, is like Nicole doesn't want to be the only successful one. Like she wants to have another pair. And honestly, I will give her 
that that's the most likely of pairs because one of them said yes initially, whereas everybody else was no. no. So I'm sure like she wants another couple friend from the experience, but don't do your girl like that. Like if she's really your friend, you need to pray for a Jasmine situation for her, for a man who when asked if he finds her attractive, unequivocally says yes. And not, no, don't send that man back to her. Leave her alone. Wait, I think you got something wrong. Are you mixing No, I'm saying Jasmine has a fun man that's happy with her. Okay. So that's what you wish for for Kirsten, not not to go back to Shaq. We don't want that mess. Okay. No? Oh, no, I agree. I don't okay. think Kirsten and Shaq should be yeah. together, get together. Like, well, it's very, yeah. We'll get to them. Yeah, we'll get to them. Um, Next up is Gina and Clint, and it's such a rehashing. Oh, we never try. We were never attracted. Initial spark. Lost their luggage in Jamaica. Met with the experts. Glow up. I mean, is there anything there that you actually have thoughts on? Yes. Um, Gina. Okay. I didn't watch all of them, but you guys kept talking about Gina making little digs at him. And did you notice that she made a little dig at him? What did she, she made? Oh, so um, he's talking about when he was opening up and she's like, yeah, I agree. When he would share something small, I didn't realize that I was supposed to like, she's still, <laughs> he's still, he's like, I was trying to share my deepest yes, feelings. And, and she's, she's like, like, you know, he would talk about his, his mom, like his mom was special. Like, yeah, no, Gina's still making little digs at him. I think at the end of the day, he called her fat in the beginning. <laughs> she was building her business and she was busy. And she really didn't have um, energy. And I I think that, like, I don't think she's actually his friend. Like, she's not his friend. <laughs> because friends don't don't take the intimate moments of your childhood that you share with them and call them something small. Um, so Gina's not his friend. She doesn't like him. Let's move on. Yeah, Gina, no. Like, I, anything you want to say about them? I did find it interesting when she's like, I lost 100K in the build out of the salon. I was like, oh, I hope Max can help you like get that money back. They can't. Even a little 50K here. Why? There. Oh, I mean, like, uh, like just the social media and the oh, okay. selling so the. Okay. I was going to say flat tummy tea, but people aren't selling that much anymore. Mm. Um, Just like whatever oh, endorsement she can get. I thought you meant like the actual show. <laughs> no, but no, you're no. just saying this experience hopefully will make you some <laughs> of that money back. back. Yes. yes. And like, Honestly, Gina's hair looked amazing. She did. As usual. I hope it gets her lots and lots of business and she makes all that money back. Um, One other thing with them is they showed the clip of him describing what he wanted. And Kevin was like, it sounds like it's her. But what they didn't show is the clip describing what she wanted. Because the reason that they didn't work out is because she can't stand him. Not because they didn't give him what he wanted. Like... (laughs) Again, you can't say, oh, look, we gave them what they wanted. Why? Well, they can't say it. But yeah, here we go again. See, we gave him what he wanted, but he he liked her. She just thinks his life experiences are small. Uh, um, there, Yeah, there really wasn't much to Gina and Clint that hadn't been said before. Um, So next, the last couple up is Shaq and Kirsten. And it's super interesting because they decide to show like backstage footage of them about to come out. We see Nicole like saying that she loves them and good luck out there. And I was just like, that's okay. Like why? I thought it was interesting that they got their own special, like, I don't know. Cause Nicole's trying to get, um, again, like, okay. If you're a production on this show, you have your Chris and Nicole that made it. You have everybody else that clearly isn't going to make it. Your only potential will they won't there is Kirsten and Shaq. Like that's, that's the only 
little piece you have to tease out there. So Nicole's rooting for them. Production's rooting for them. Everyone's <laughs> rooting for them except for Shaq. Shaq is not rooting for them. And he's, I think throwing out through the conversation, I hear mixed signals. Um, so Kevin is like, hey guys, how you doing? And Kirsten says that she's traveling and living life. And Shaq says he went to therapy and he's still working on his doctorate. And Kevin asks, oh, you guys stay in touch? And they're like, they talk. Um, Kirsten says that Shaq relocated to Austin for a job. Um, So Kirsten says that they, because he relocated, I guess she reached out. They're in somewhat regular communication, it sounds like. But Kirsten describes them as cordial. I swear I've never heard this, like, Mm-hmm. How many people in your life do you think you're cordial with, Ali? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, you're right. I, I, that's a very, like, just this side of not hating you descriptive term. Like, I have friends, I have acquaintances, but people that you're cordial with, these are people that, like, any slight misstep you absolutely dislike, but how you describe it is cordial, right? Yeah, that's... Or, like, you had something in the past that you were previously pissed about. But now you can come into the same place and be nice to each yeah. other. But there's not people in my life. I was like, oh, I was really pissed at you mm-hmm. at one point, And now we've overcome so I can be cordial. Yeah. I, we've <laughs> either overcome enough that we're friends again or I still dislike you. But like, yeah, cordial <laughs> is right on the the positive side. The le- oh, It's less than neutral. I think cordial is less than neutral. I don't think you can be cordial with someone and maintain like... um. Like, I see it as something that is only maintained in group settings. Mm. But they seem to be having one-on-one conversations. So maybe cordial is not even the right word for them. No, I think it's still cordial because group settings, but also, like, they're in a situation where they don't have to speak to each other, but group settings are coming, right? So as I'm getting ready to come to this thing, I heard you move. Let me say something nice because we're going to have a reunion, right? (laughs) So it's like... Even the interactions are to the point of building towards being cordial, cordial. in person. <laughs> Thanks, Kirsten. I like when people, I love a word that we have. Look at the conversation we could have about, like, Kirsten said volumes with cordial. Um, Kirsten says that after decision day, she did not want anything to do with Shaq. She was upset and angry. Um, she was upset that they didn't talk about it beforehand mm-hmm. and she needed to release all those, all of those emotions, reset herself and take a couple steps back, put things into perspective. Dude, that's a lot of work. You see that? Yeah. Respect all of these things before she could communicate with Shaq. To get to cordial. <laughs> um, Shaq says it started with Merry Christmas and she's like, no, 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 no. She once again mentions that when he lost his grandmother, she contacted him and she says it took a lot for her to do that because she was so hurt about everything they had gone through. On one hand, I'm like, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Like, it no, was very, very difficult. I think that was, I think that's very fair. And I think that it's very telling that in a time of crisis for your family, she put aside her personal grievances and her personal misgivings to reach out to your family and you don't remember it. Like, that says a lot. And I, I, I think it's fine for her to say that it was hard for me to do it. But I still did it because I think it says a lot about who she is as a person. Like, yeah. I don't know. Kirsten is another one. Remember my first episode that I watched with her that was like in the course of the episode, she went from like Stepford wife to um, now I'm just like, I'm team Kirsten. This poor woman. I hope you find you a new man's too. 
um, who appreciates your support. Mm. Because Shaq goes back to his favorite topic. So first Kirsten is like, look, I was cooking and cleaning and folding laundry and checking on you and making sure you did your homework. Mm -hmm. You're a PhD student. Um, I was listening to that and I was like, first off, I think someone lied to you about what marriage is because this is servitude. Like marriage is supposed to be a partnership. And here you are putting all of this work in for someone who says you weren't supportive. Like that was, it was not a partnership. I'm glad, honestly, girlfriend, I'm glad he said no, because you don't, you need, you deserve better than this, this version of marriage that she described. And then we begin the, the process of Shaq talking in circles. So he starts talking about the time constraints and filming. And he, his conclusion is that, that they needed more time. And Kevin says, you could have had more time. <laughs> and Kirsten, both of them said. And Kirsten says, you chose not to have that time. Yeah, that and, he, and then he switches and he says, well, we weren't on the same page. Shaq says that he wanted to fall in love, but there was a lot of pressure. The look on Kirsten's face. Kirsten said, we had this conversation. You were like feeling all this pressure. I told you, calm down. Don't worry about it. Like, um, but if you keep shutting down, we can't move forward. He says that the process got the best of him. Shaq says that now he can acknowledge his flaws. He didn't know how some of his actions made her feel. And she's like, yep, I feel the same way. And after reflecting, he's reflecting. Um, so there's this whole like circular conversation about when Shaq decided to say no and Kevin is pushing him, like, mm. when did you decide that you weren't going to do it? I feel like Andy Cohen doesn't even work as hard as Kevin worked <laughs> in this segment. Because Kevin was like, but what minute? Was it minute this? Was it when you walked down this? Was, like, Kevin really best of, he tried, but you can't get, what do they say? You can't get blood from a stone. Like, it's not there. It's just not there. Because for Shaq to answer Kevin, Shaq would have to know. And Shaq doesn't know. So he comes up with one that we haven't heard before that a prophet called him. <laughs> it's just <laughs> sad because I love Jesus too, but I just feel like at the moment that you are reaching for an unknown, unnamed person who later is not actually a prophet, but used to be a pastor that you're kind of in class with to say like, just own your own actions. Or, and or even just say my friend. My yeah. friend made me think differently, but mm-hmm. you said prophet. And next thing you know, for th- for those who know, I was like, was that the same one that Drew on Real Housewives of Atlanta was fighting with that girl about at the Christmas party two years ago? The prophet? There was a prophet situation. No, there's, <laughs> there can't be the same prophet from Nashville to Atlanta. Are you sure, sure? <laughs> I wish that like... I'm like, how many prophets can there be? I wish that podcast had facial expressions because you all should have seen the look she just gave me. Like, I was the one who brought up the prophet. I didn't bring up the prophet. Shaq did. <laughs> and all his friend told him was, make a decision that is about you. Which I don't think is that terrible advice, except for Shaq decided to take it as, I should, in order to put myself first, I have to say no. Which there's a great school of thought that would say a decision that puts yourself first is to pick someone who is out there washing your clothes, doing the laundry, making you lunch, helping you with your homework. I mean, that would be a very selfish decision to stay with her. That would be a decision in support of you. So, But you know, Kirsten did not go to that one football game event. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're right. And therefore, she was not supportive uh... of him. <laughs> So Kirsten starts talking about, well, what did she think? And she said that it was indecisive, which I think I was like, okay, so you weren't sure if he was going to say yes or no. Um, And 
he said he wasn't for sure that he could be the husband that she wanted him mm. to be. He says Kirsten wanted him to ignore everybody else and just be Shaq and Kirsten. All Kirsten said was, we need to spend time together. You're like, Shaq, this is what I mean by Shaq talking in circles. You guys are in an eight week experiment. There is absolutely, to decide whether or not you want to be married, there's no possible way that you can spend too much time together. Mm-hmm. There's there's no amount of time that you can spend together in eight weeks to be to, to declare that too much time. Just ridiculous. But then he starts talking again. I was just feeling a lack of support. <laughs> but then Kevin's like, but you said that the reason why you said no is because the expectations were so heavy. And that's very different from the lack of support. And Kevin's like, and what, go back to the prophet again. Kirsten says, well, Shaq didn't want to be married. I want to also note that Kirsten completely rolled her eyes at the prophet thing. And the camera was on both of them. So that was a genuine reaction. Um, I wonder if that's the first time she's hearing that one too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he disagrees with her assessment that he didn't want to be married. Mm. He says, Kirsten and him are soulmates and Kevin is not having it. He's like, most people are not married to their soulmates. Which I didn't love this. Uh, is But does someone, do you meet them and you're, they're your soulmate or do they become your soulmate? I think I didn't love the... Um, uh, okay, so if someone picks someone, like Chris and Nicole... Chris and Nicole go back and they say, you know, had we met each other at a bar, we may not have talked to each other. Are they soulmates? If they're soulmates and they say, had we met each other at a bar, then we would have been together. Right. So I, I just, I'm not disagreeing with him saying that like, that is an unrealistic expectation. I think what I'm disagreeing with is the way he's saying, like, you just settle for what's in front of you because no one's with their soulmate. Like, I, I think that's my point. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I guess maybe I'll say it felt unnecessary at this point. Like there's so many other issues with this situation that to say, Oh, well maybe, you know, no one's with their soulmate is like dogging everybody who decided to pick who they're with instead of focusing on the fact that this man makes no sense. And this situation makes no sense. Maybe that was my issue with like, we didn't have to get into is she your soulmate? Is she not like there's a, did you think you were going to meet your soulmate by the, what network are we on? Lifetime produce, production team? Like, is that really what you thought would happen? Or did you meet intend to meet someone that you maybe would find compatibility with and you'd build a relationship? So for you to, like, soul, soulmates aren't even in this. Like, we're not even, no, that's silly. So Shaq says that he wants what's best for her. Yeah. And then... You know what? I agree with him there. He's not it. <laughs> but he then says that he wanted to stay married. Mm-mm. And Carson is like, if you wanted to stay married, then why did you ask for a divorce? Mm-hmm. And Kevin says, preach. <laughs> um, Kevin comes back again to the prophet and he's like, the, you know, this person just made him think. And he said, his story now is that when he walked out at decision day, that's when he knew. Mm. Um, then this is what I mean by talking in circles. Cause he's like, well, I needed more support. And they weren't enjoying each other's company. And Kirsten is like, my mans, I was trying to tell you to spend time with me. And now you're saying that we couldn't enjoy each other's company when you did want to spend time with me. Oh, my gosh. Kirsten dodged a bullet. You're very pretty. Someone else. Much better for you. You don't need this mess. Yeah. I I think that, yeah, I'm in agreement. I just, I'm, 
I, I guess I wish that Shaq could understand himself more so that he wouldn't talk in the circles that he talked mm. in in their segment. Did he say he was going to therapy? Yeah, he said he was in therapy. Maybe he'll learn to understand himself. I feel like it'd be interesting. Did he watch himself? Because how do you not see your own contradictions? Shaq has said on After Party, and he said it here too, like, oh, when I watched myself, I have to acknowledge that I, in some ways, like, I was not as good to Kirsten as I could have been. And, like, I didn't realize it until I watched it. So I'll give him that. All right. Let's hope. But I still, I'm not clear. Anyway, I'm not clear on when he decided to say no. And I don't think he's clear on when or why he decided to say no. And that's not a good look. It's not a good look. (sighs) I know. (laughs) It was such a, I feel like it was a sort of terrible way to end the episode. Like to just like dismiss and this, you know, a big part, I think, of this circuit on any reunion, like, and on any TV show, is like sort of the image rehabilitation. Like, no, 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 no. You may have seen me do this, but I'm really a nice guy. And I feel like Shaq actually made it worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So when we come back, we're going to do our bouquet and burn ashes. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Allie, who has your bouquet? I knew, I mean, I forgot that you were going to ask me it to be clear. Who has my bouquet? Who? I think Jasmine has my bouquet. Um, can I, you know, I don't come that often, so I'm taking liberties. Two people have my bouquet. I give my bouquets to Kirsten and Jasmine because Jasmine is just in her glow up, is in her like, I am who I am. I own who I am. It is not a me problem. It is a your lack of attraction to me, but I'm good with my man and I'm good. And Kirsten, because the way she called this man on his BS and actually the way she went back and said, no, 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 it wasn't Merry Christmas because I am supportive. I did text you. I did reach out to you with your family loss. The way she was like, let me correct this record. They both walked out of this. They both finished this with their heads held high and I'm, I'm, those, that's my two good ones. Since you took the good ones. <laughs> Sorry. I guess that's the greedy part of having two, but I don't come that often. Um, I'm going to go. I always like to give it to a guest. We really only yeah. had two guests this mm-hmm. episode. And one quite, was via FaceTime. One was via FaceTime. But I enjoyed Adrian. I mean, if we're just going to be dragging family members out and friends, Adrian, I just feel like she gave a very well balanced view. Mm-hmm. She gave a good friend perspective. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I assumed that they would always bring Felina out for the reunion to like start drama, but they actually brought another person to speak for Felina's perspective and how wrong it was 
because they were in the same spot. Yep. Um, so yes, five points, ten points to Adrian. All the points for Adrian. To Jasmine's friend. Yes. So, Allie, who has your burnt ashes? I think I'm going to do two again. <laughs> I know who they are, too. <laughs> who do you think they are? No, you You must go ahead. Okay. Shaq and Gina. Oh, okay. That's not... I was wrong. So, um, Gina, because... I don't know. I feel like there was a level of honesty... That's why it's the two of them because I think they were the most, the two most dishonest people in in today's events. So Eris, you know, you probably think Eris, but I think Eris was pretty straight with Jasmine from the beginning that I'm just, it's not happening. And I feel like even today he was honest and even his like refusal to say bad things was honest. But Gina, Gina's like, oh, we could be friends. We're best friends. And then this, this have her talking about when he was sharing small details of his life. No, <laughs> you don't like this person. You, you have, Gina has disdain for Clint. Like she just thinks, she's just like, ugh. And then Shaq. Oh, Shaqery. Shaq, what's his full name? Shaquille? Shaquille. Shaquille, Shaquille, Shaquille. I, the pastor, like, again, incredibly, and Perhaps the dishonesty is you need to have a conversation with yourself and get to why, but you did this poor woman dirty. You have expectations that don't make any sense. When you receive support, you say, I'm still looking for support. When you say you want more time, you say, I need more time, but let me go ahead and get divorced. And then you bring the profit and in for no reason, like the dishonesty. I don't have enough burnt ashes for Shaq. How about you? So since you gave it to two, I'll go ahead and give it to two. Mac didn't have much to say here or much <laughs> to do. <laughs> I actually forgot. If you put him put him in a lineup in front of me, I'd be like, I don't know which one. <laughs> he said, I mean, if you're not going to say much, then you need to be better. So mm-hmm. his two things were having to apologize for being an ass about Dom getting a dog, mm-hmm. a decision that literally has nothing to do with him. Maybe he's an animal rights activist. Uh, okay, that's why we didn't see his dogs that he loved so much the entire time he was on this TV show. Um, and then the second part was when he tried to defend Eris and Jasmine was like, you could stop. And he's like, I'm not defending him. And she's like, but you are. So you can stop now. Again. <sighs> so <sighs> yeah, Mac, like, stop it. Um, honestly, you were not even on the show. You yeah. don't even go here. So don't even be piping yeah, in about other people's okay. situations and you can't even handle your own. Um, my second burnt ashes actually does go to Eris. I mean, on one hand, and I always say this, if people drop out of the show, then we don't have a show. Mm. If Jasmine and Eris had taken the Dom and Mac route, I mean, the show would be in trouble. And I'm sure that they let them know that. Because if they showed us the fully unedited Jasmine and Eris, we would have never been confused about what would happen (laughs) on Decision Day. (laughs) They were never going to be anything. And the idea that Eris is saying nonsense just to get away from filming. (laughs) On one hand, you're like, okay, that's genius. On the other hand, I found it interesting with the Adrian thing. They played this whole clip of crazy shit Eris said, but we had just learned in the segment before that that Eris doesn't believe mm-hmm. some of the shit that he said. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, so can we like go through and be like, so which ones were you did you want to mm-hmm. end filming and which ones were actually the truth? Guess we'll never know. But anyway. I'm sure now that you've put that out in the universe, they're gonna add another episode to the season called Ish Eris said that maybe we should have edited it, we should have given you. I mean just not to- give these people more ideas. Just to let the people know, um, Tane posted 
from MassFan the schedule for the rest of the season. That was quite shocking to us because there's a reunion part one that we just did, a reunion part two, a where are they now, a season look back, and something else. Like, what the hell? Um, I don't know which one of those uh, we will be covering, but we will certainly let you know. But in the meantime, thank you so much, Allie, for coming on. Thanks I know for having me. Come back anytime. Uh, that's it for this week. You can find Tane on the rewatch and they are wrapping up the end of Sex in the City uh, series finale coming soon. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at AlterCallMAFS. That's A-L-T-A-R-C-A-L-L-M-A-F-S. We love hearing from you guys, your thoughts on the show. Um, hit us up on social media. We're available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for your support and for listening to us through this very, very long season. We're still we're still covering. We're going to keep on going. Um, and don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on whatever platform you listen to us. Thank you so much. Bye. Thanks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.